Are you ready? Yes, I am. Then let's take a walk. Welcome to Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. I'm Dallas. And I'm Lori. Does traveling fill you with trepidation or titillation? Does the prospect of packing fill you with panic or peace? As we know, traveling with medical conditions like autoimmune or a chronic disease can carry its own baggage. In this episode, we'll fly through the tips, tricks, and hacks to ease your mind and save the stress so you can have a carefree vacation. Step right up, because here we go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to Travel Hacks Part 2. Because we just did part one and didn't record it. (laughs) I can't hear you because I don't have my headset on because I have my summer hat on. Okay. And it's very pretty. To protect my very pale face. Yes. (laughs) Very English garden party. Very nice. But I'm going to take it off now so that I can actually hear you for the rest of the episode. And nobody look at my hat hair until I get my headset hair on. There we go. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's a little, little tough around here this week, though, because the weather changed here. Yeah. We suddenly got the 90 degree weather in May. That's so weird for here. So I had to set up my sprinklers. Don't hate me, water people, because I am helping the environment and keeping my wonderful wildlife nice and hydrated. <laughs> All my deer and bunnies and skunks and raccoons and everybody else. But uh, nice. yeah, it's it was really difficult getting all of that set up for the for the summer this early. It was crazy. Yeah. Around here, no, you've got my weather. Well, no, we had the hailstorm to end all hailstorms. We're talking 90 minutes, middle of the night. Wow. And if you could see down my street, every single house has a roofer's advertising sign in their front yard. People around here don't park in the garage. Cars are destroyed. All the windshields, all the moon roofs, they're all covered in tarps. It's like living in Florida after a hurricane, all the blue tarps everywhere. Wow. That is crazy. crazy. That is crazy. I mean, you're having all of our rain that we would normally get. They said uh, on the news that if our, I don't know how they, I don't know what they used to convert this measurement. They said if our rain had been snow, we'd have had four feet of snow. Wow. Which is probably like three inches of rain. Like I said, I don't know how they did that conversion. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was one for that, but that's what they said. That's a lot. So it's, it's dreary and rainy here, but still not hot. Well, though, you got a little reprieve from that recently, though, when you got to travel. Yes. Oh, and you were and that ready what... for travel. You were so yes. ready. And that is what we are going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Traveling. Yeah. To get us in the mood for summer vacation and more travels and trips and vacations and oh, freedom. Yes. Want to start us off with the questions today? So I pretty much know the answer to this question already, but it's kind of fun to talk about it because I would love our listeners to to weigh in here on what types of vacations do you take? Are you more of a road tripper or are you a high flyer or are you a cruiser? 
So the past few years, lockdowns, all that crazy stuff that we're finally emerging Mm -hmm. from what it was road trips, national parks, family, different Mm -hmm. destinations that we could easily get to on our own via a vehicle. (laughs) However, that is not my preferred method. I don't like sitting in a car. I don't do any of the driving and it drives my husband crazy. (laughs) But seriously, if I'm on a highway Mm -hmm. driving and it's not like in a city or something where I have to be alert and like look for signs, look for turns, stop at red lights, I will get sleepy after 30 minutes driving on a highway. Okay. It's crazy. So yeah. So then I'm just like sitting in the passenger seat (laughs) and after a while, that's just not comfortable for me. I prefer to get on a plane and just get where I'm going in a few hours or go to sleep and wake up somewhere new. Mm -hmm. And I do like cruises. Which I have never been on one. Oh, you got to try it. I, you know, everybody keeps telling me this, especially my friends who are super cruisers, right? That's what they love to do. Of course, I'm getting older. So that is where you kind of blend into the environment of, of cruising, I feel. But yeah, I have been a, a huge road tripper all my yes. life. Yes. Lots of cross-country trips. I don't know how you, and you did it by yourself. I still don't some know how them, you, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. My, some of the, my parents just don't want me to talk about them <laughs> when I went coast to coast. So yeah, no, but six I six hours a, in a car and I need to get out. I'm just like, exactly. I'm done. I'm done. We're stopping for the night. <laughs> yeah. But I've always found it really inspirational, even road trips just within my own state to really, you know, get familiar with where I am, um, can be tons of fun as well. Hmm. Just a simple road trip around here. Um, and of course where I am, a simple, you know, two and a half hours in a car and I can either be on the beach or in the mountains or on the river or in the, (laughs) it's like, yeah, I can be in all kinds of, or in the desert. I mean, I can be anywhere in about two and a half hours. So I, um, yeah, no, I need to drive a good 16 hours to see the ocean (laughs) in any direction. It's a nice thing, but yeah, but I was, flying is my favorite. Mm Mm-hmm. I still do like flying. It's hard with my condition now to fly, but you know, you take certain precautions and you can still do it. So yep. I'm getting ready. It just takes a little that. pre-planning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why we're here to help pre-plan for all our listeners' vacations. <laughs> we're going to make it as, as easy as we possibly can for you. Yes. Gonna, we've got scoured all kinds of different uh, posts and blogs and videos and, and all then kinds our own of things. tried and, and true hacks. Exactly. Yep. Stuff we've done. But before that, what's your favorite destination? Too hard. <laughs> it's too hard because there are so many amazing destinations, but it's also too hard for me because there are so many places I haven't gotten to yet. Right. I still want to get to New Zealand. Oh, I want to see New Zealand so bad. That's going to be really difficult for me to get down there now, but it's still on, on the top of the list. Yeah. But if you had to lock me down, the two trips that I've taken so far in my life that were just amazing, Hawaii. Oh, definitely. Who doesn't love Hawaii? I do. And uh, Germany. Nice. But I have to say... London, Ireland, you know, England, Ireland, 
you you're both in there. <laughs> I will I will pack up tomorrow and go to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> or England for that matter. I'll live there. Yeah. They were I, amazing. I loved Hawaii as well. It's oh my gosh. It's it's you can't even describe it. It's just tropical paradise, literally. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do I do love Europe. Mm-hmm. I do. And you know, some places I've been a couple times in Europe, some places I've only been to once. And, you know, we just got a couple more countries on our trip. Honestly, you go from say you go from and I'm not I'm not a geography person. I don't know. But you go from Mississippi to Alabama. You may not see a whole big difference or North and South Dakota. And those are bigger than a lot of the countries in Europe. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, you go from. I don't know, Luxembourg to what is it up against Belgium or is it up against France? It's just so different. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that you can have such a different experience and such different backgrounds and history Mm -hmm. and not have to go this huge distance. Now, speaking of different experiences, do you like your vacations to be more active with exploring museums, that type of thing? you know, or zip lining in Kauai or something like that? Or are you more restful with so spas? Zip lining and like, you know, going on Jeeps in the canyons and stuff. I do that for my boys and my family because mm-hmm. boy, mom, and I'm sure girls want to do it too. I just don't know because I don't have a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I do it and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's not what I would say. Hey, let's go plan a vacation around zip lining, the best zip lines in the world. Mm-hmm. But I I want to go see stuff. So yes, places with museums, places that have historical features around. Or in Scotland, they have those fairy pools mm-hmm. on the Isle mm-hmm. of Skye. Yeah. Stuff like that. I want to go see. I'm going to say a little bit active because, you know, you got to get to that stuff, walk around mm-hmm. and see things. But I also do kind of like if I'm on a cruise ship or something, I want to be pampered a little bit. So I do want to... <laughs> Get a massage and a facial, but mm-hmm. I don't think I would do like a week at a spa retreat typey thing. That's just, it's not me. It's not really my family. Mm-hmm. So what about yourself? Gotcha. I like museums. I love local culture. I love architecture and history and I'm active, definitely doing stuff there. Now that's gotten harder yes. <laughs> with my condition and with my age. You know, that might be something that cruising might help with. Yeah. On that type totally. of stuff. But there are some times, though, when I just want to get away and relax mm-hmm. and just rest on the beach or do something yeah. like that, have a spa day, something along those lines. Yep. Or just write for a day, uh, mm-hmm. turn off the tech. Definitely. It's, it's, it's a both. <laughs> A lot of the answers to the questions on travel today are going to be, it's both. It's all. (laughs) Now with the boys, I know there were some limitations when they were younger, right? And there was limitations with COVID and everything else. What's your biggest limitation with travel? Honestly, right now we're pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now we got, we traveled with the boys, road trips and flights from the time they were probably, I don't know, six months. So they were used to it. Mm-hmm. Big, long trips, however, that we weren't going to someone's house or visiting family or something like that. Like our first big, long trip was, I think it was like almost, it was two weeks in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I waited till my son, who is over three, 
So he was potty trained. He could communicate well enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't need a crib for the room. Right. We could travel with not a infant car seat. We could travel with just like, you know, the, the higher booster and you could just rent mm-hmm. those with the rental cars. Right. After that stage, we really didn't have a lot of limitations. If I'm flying by myself, I'd say the worst thing is I pack so much in my carry-on that I can't lift it over my head to get it in the (laughs) overhead bins. (laughs) Well, that definitely brings us to what's your packing style because I am carry-on only. Carry-on only. And let me tell you why that is though. (laughs) My husband will not let me check luggage. Oh, okay. He doesn't want to stand around and wait for it to come off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to have the risk of it getting lost and me being miserable on our whole trip. Mm-hmm. And it's four of us. We each travel with a suitcase and a backpack or a mm-hmm. personal item. And the boys are at the age now. Everyone carries or pulls their own stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't do the giant pull things through the airport <laughs> where we have our 16 things of luggage on there. Right. It's like you take what you can take care of. Mm-hmm. That's our basic rule, Okay, which is going to be really hard next summer when we renew our vows and I'm trying to get a wedding dress to Scotland. Mm. UPS, FedEx. Uh, Yeah, I've already, yeah, I've already talked to the people who own the place. So I'm going to be like, Hey, can I just ship my dress out earlier? And of course get it insured. Of course. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, it's not like, it's it's not like a 3,000, 4,000, $8,000 wedding dress, like for a real wedding. It's a vow renewal. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just a pretty dress I got. Well, there you go. But yeah, you know me, check on. Yep. I have to I check do. it now, but you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, I, one, it makes it very difficult with my condition to get everything down into a carry-on anymore. But I also have to say that even with carry-ons, I'm so short, you are <laughs> it's short. always tough to get them up in the overhead. <laughs> right. You know, and if I do have a carry-on, I'll typically just turn to somebody near me who's taller and I'm like, can I borrow your height? <laughs> <laughs> which is always makes them laugh right. to get my bag up there. I don't wait for anybody to be nice about it. Oh, uh, just... see, I, if I, if I'm really struggling, people, someone will be like, uh-huh. let me just help you. Cause I'll, I struggle so hard sometimes it's literally going to fall and plop on people's heads. Oh, yeah, so it's for their own safety that they there. help me. You've packed it all that stuff in there. Well, yeah. Cause I don't want to check a bag. So right. the airlines I fly don't usually weigh the carry on, but I know mm. some, some have a weight limit on carry on. Right. And I got to, I got to admit that I'm just like, I'll pay whatever fee. I need, I need everything in there. <laughs> just charge me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm an overpacker. Uh, I'm an overpacker okay. who's limited to carry on only. So I gotta like, say, oh. we came across some great packing tips to help you. We did. You have to get down to carry on size only. We did. But this vacation was 19 days with carry on only. Yeah. Well, so we gave you the checklist. That was nice. Yes. You know, that was yes. the first time you used the checklist to help get through everything that you needed to get yeah. into your bag and see what it was going to be. And those are, those are nice because you can write extra stuff in it, mm-hmm. cross out the stuff that you don't use. For example, baby formula, distilled water. You don't have to worry about that. And I can write stuff in. Mm-hmm. And then when you get home, you can cross stuff off that you realize I just did not use this. Right. Exactly. You know, if you have a phone and a, say a Kindle, mm-hmm. just get the Kindle app on your phone and you can leave your regular Kindle at home. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can cross off or you pack them and you think I'm going to use this, I'm going to use this. And then you just don't. Right. So those lists are nice. So long as you update them every mm-hmm. trip. Yep. 
The other thing that we showed you on this one that I'm going to show in an Instagram live with our travel show is going to be the stack and fold technique. Mm -hmm. So when you want to get more clothes into your bag, there is a way that you can stack and fold your shirts and roll them so that you can get more room. You also like using the little compression bags. Yeah. Compression bags or compression cubes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I shove everything in there because... I pretty much make sure ahead of time that where I'm going has an iron or I can get a hands on steamer. <laughs> so wrinkles don't kind of bother me. And I, and I try to pack things that don't wrinkle. Right. I go out of my way looking mm -hmm. for like, you know, the merino wool or a, a good linen. Now, here's the thing, though. If you get cheap linen or a linen blend, you're going to have wrinkles out the wazoo. And no matter what like, you do, even if right. you iron that, it's going to wrinkle Right, again. exactly. And people are like, why do people recommend this? No, you got to get the good linen. That's just another tip I learned <laughs> the hard way. Ah, speaking of but, learning things the hard way as far as packing was concerned. So I've got to say, pack for an overnight if you're going to get stuck at an airport. So for your carry-on, I mean, it's much easier if you're packing all of your stuff into a carry-on. You've got it right there. Right. But for people like me who have to check bags... In your carry-on or your personal item, you need to make sure you've got everything you need in case you get stuck overnight somewhere. Your toothbrush, toothpaste, night clothes, undies, you know, a new shirt, deodorant, that kind of thing. And then also your medications as well. Absolutely. And even if you if you get gate checked, mm -hmm. because say you're in boarding group five and all the overheads are just completely filled, make sure your medications, your phone, your license, and a credit card is in your personal item. Yep. So you do not lose that because they can lose gate-checked items oh, they just as easily do. as they can lose other things. Yeah. And then I would say the other thing that I pack in those, that little, you know, for an overnight emergency is uh, laundry detergent. They have the little travel laundry detergents that aren't liquid. They're, uh, it's a little sheet. Yeah, you yeah. can use. And I love those things. Those are awesome. Because that's also another way that you can pack fewer clothes mm -hmm. and then reuse them and just, you know, wash them in the sink or something. Yep. Hey, and a good place to put all those extra, just in case you need an overnight clothes. If you have a neck pillow that has a zipper that you can wash the outer case, go ahead and take out that insert and put clothes in there instead. I can get like five to eight t-shirts and some underwear and some socks in there. Oh yeah. And then it's still nice and fluffy. So And it is still nice and fluffy. Exactly. And if you check your airline to see if it's counted as a personal item, most people do not. And you can just hook it on your little personal item. Mm -hmm. I wear it on my neck as I get on the plane. So it's kind of like part mm -hmm. of my outfit. I've never been stopped. Yeah. But I also don't think any of the airlines I've ever flown have counted it as a personal item. Mm -hmm. So there's another way to get some extra clothes on your trip. That's nice. Yes. Speaking of TSA and how to get through TSA, you had some really great tips on liquids. Uh, liquids are, I don't want to go there. <laughs> liquids are horrible. Okay. I mean, you know, exactly. But it's right. The big thing is reduce liquids where you can. Right? Exactly. So many if, things come in solids now. Yes. You can get shampoo and conditioner in solids. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You can get, like, like you said, laundry detergent in solid form in the sheets toothpaste comes toothpaste in solid. solids you can get the powder or you could get the tablets i have the tablets mm -hmm. just whatever you can switch out so you don't have to take liquids do that or if you know you're going like i'll visit my mom or something i know she's got shampoo and i know she's got conditioner 
and I know she's got body wash and I know she has hand lotion. Mm-hmm. I'll just take enough for the actual airplane ride of hand lotion. And then mm-hmm. when I get there, I'll just use all her stuff. <laughs> exactly. And that's good. And then of course, if you don't want to use laundry detergent, there was another little thing about Dawn dish soap. Yes. I don't, I never so, thought of using that. I mean, I had little tide sticks and stuff, but. Right. And that'll, that'll help if you get a stain, mm-hmm. but a lot of people travel with reusable water bottles now. I personally don't because they take up too much room. <laughs> But if you're carrying that around, you know, a dusty, dirty, old ruins or something, or you drop it or whatever, or multiple people are using it, it's going to get a little nasty and you're going to need to wash that. And unless you have like a nice little kitchenette in your hotel or Airbnb, what are you going to wash it with? Mm -hmm. Bring a little Dawn dish soap. You can wash out your water bottle, make sure it's nice and clean. And how many people go on trips and you know, you're going to enjoy the food where you're going. And all of a sudden your light colored pants or light colored shirt has a grease stain on it. Right row. Yes. Tide fans aren't going to take out a grease stain. Dawn dish soap will. There you go. And you can just fill a little contact lens container with it. You don't need mm-hmm. a lot. Right. And if it won't fit in your liquids and you just can't make it work, get a light colored kitchen sponge, just the regular ones, spread a little bit of the Dawn dish soap all over it. Let that dry out. So you got to do this ahead of time. This is pre-planning and then cut it into little cubes. And then you can just wet those little sponge pieces wherever you're at and use them that way. And that way you're not wasting liquid space, precious real estate in your liquids bag. <laughs> right. Cause the liquids bag is, is different in different areas in different countries, like in the U S and Europe, the, the bag in Europe that's allowed is smaller and the yes, types I- Yes. Of liquid are different that are allowed. Yes. First of all, people, I feel like people think TSA is everywhere. TSA is in America. And if you do international travel, then you realize that. So yes, mm-hmm. the TSA approved me to get, mm-hmm. that's not the same as screening in other countries and especially Heathrow. Mm-hmm. They are especially good <laughs> at wanting to look at your liquids back. I've seen this from a couple people, not, not to call out Heathrow, but that's where they encountered the problem. Mm -hmm. And also things that you think might be solids, other people don't consider them to be, for example, a deodorant. You think that's the solid stick or a lipstick. That's a solid stick. Some places say, no, if you can smear it, it's considered a liquid. And you have to have that in your liquids container, which I don't understand how that's a liquid unless it melts, but then you get into the, like, why isn't a crayon a liquid? Cause you can melt a crayon. <laughs> yeah. So I personally think it's ridiculous, but just check where you're going. Mm-hmm. Check whatever screening agency is where you're going to and what they consider liquids versus solids. Right. And one of the ways to get around the liquid thing too, is to not take them with you, get them when you get there. Yes. Right. Sunscreen in particular is one of those ones, especially because you have a a family, right? For me, not so bad. I can take one of those little mini things because I love those little mini everything. I love mini. I love travel sized everything. They're adorable. They're adorable. I love them. Anything in a miniature I love. It's cute. Oh, yes. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I will pack enough sunscreen for a day. Or I, and I use a different sunscreen for my face. So Mm -hmm. I'll just pack that. And then maybe I'll use that on my hands and my kids' cheeks Mm -hmm. just till we get where we're going. 
Another thing, look ahead of time where you're going. Is there a store near you? Mm -hmm. Is your hotel located near one? Should you maybe look and see if there's an airport store where you can get something after you deplane or if you're on a cruise ship? I know it's going to be more expensive on a cruise ship or something, or you may not feel like, oh, well, I'm just spending money. I could have brought it for home. But if you don't have the space, Mm -hmm. something like sunscreen, just pick it up when you get there. Bring just enough to get you through. And toothpaste too. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to use the solid toothpaste and you're like, no, I really like the kind that comes in a squeezy tube, (laughs) then just bring a tiny little travel, tiny one. Mm -hmm. If you got a family of four or something, you're going to need and probably use up a whole squeezy tube. (laughs) So just go ahead and get it when you're there. Mm -hmm. Unless you're really particular about your brand. Then I say, make yourself comfortable and take what you want. Right. Now I'm going to go back to the water bottle thing, because again, with autoimmune conditions, with some chronic disease, it's really important to stay hydrated, right? That's, it can be a lot of stress and and your body's just going to dump water. So you want to stay hydrated and you're not a big fan of using the water bottles because they're big and they take up space. Right. You only have your carry on, but collapsible water bottles work wonders. And sometimes you can just stick those little suckers. They have a little carabiner attached and you can just stick it to your backpack. And I haven't had anybody give me any grief on that. Unless of course it's full of water at the time when you go through your screening, but just dump it out and then fill it up when you get on the other side of, uh, you know, other side of the screening. But here's my tip for that because, you know, yeah, they can get dirty. And the fact of the matter is you don't know what the water quality is. Nope in those airports or your hotel or anything like that, if it's filtered or not. So, or the country, here's the tip, get a life straw mall and they filter 99 point, I think seven or something like that um, of bacteria. They're used in countries where there is not good water quality to be able to, to facilitate water for people. So life straw, life straw and a collapsible water bottle, and you are good to go and helpful to the environment. Great idea. The last thing I want to say about TSA, if you're flying in America, if there are delays or you get bumped from a flight or anything like that, where the airline is considered to be at fault, don't just readily accept here's a $50 voucher for your next flight. Actually check the TSA website because there are laws and rules about what the airline has to reimburse you with. I know for a specific amount of hours of a delay, you can get up to X amount of times what you paid for that ticket in cash. Double check that, know where you stand. Don't just take the first thing they offer. I know you're tired and you're like, oh, this is just annoying. And you just want to be like, fine, whatever. (laughs) Just double check. Double double check. check You never know. It might be worth a while. Absolutely. So back to packing, because again, this just floors me that you pack for a 19-day trip in a carry-on. I mean, I normally do that just because I like it, and I just have to check bags now because I can't really haul around my carry-on bags. A couple of ways that, you know, not just decanting your liquids and buying stuff when you actually get to your destination, but there were some also things to do with your clothes, right? If you're running low on space. So we talked a little bit before about the stack and fold technique as far as reducing clothes size. And then you were talking about uh, using the compression bags um, to be able to do it as well. But 
there was one thing that you found recently that was slightly different than what I had heard of before. So when I was traveling a lot for work, I used something close to what is called a capsule wardrobe, right? Right. And a small amount of things that I would mix and match and do whatever. But there's a new term out there that you ran across. Right. And I think it's basically the same thing. It just streamlines it and gives you a little visual of how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's called Sudoku packing. I don't know how to say that word. Sudoku, Sudoku. I don't know, but a Sudoku (laughs) wardrobe. So you basically have, and we will definitely put a diagram above this. So you basically have a tic-tac-toe board and it tells you what to put in each spot. You put a top layer, you put a pair of bottoms, whether it be a skirt, jeans, shorts, and you have a shirt, shirt, blouse, long-sleeved shirt, anything. Mm -hmm. And then going across, you have days worth of outfits, going up and down, you have days worth of outfits. And with nine pieces of clothes, I don't remember the number, it's you get either seven or eight different outfits. Okay. And now this is if you're going to be okay re-wearing clothes. I know some people just want to pack and have a different outfit every day for pictures mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I love that too. But if you just need to streamline it, this is a great way to do it. That's good. The other thing that I was kind of brought up with um, by my mom was keeping your clothes in the same color family. They don't have to be the exact same color. You're not going to wear black every single day. You're on your trip. I mean, you might. <laughs> But, you know, you can have kind of black and white mix. You can have a neutral color palette. Um, And then you can dress it up or punch it up with one or two things in the accessories that are smaller. Things like jewelry. So if you go with a kind of black and white color palette, you can pull out some more vibrant jewelry, which is much smaller to be able to pack. Or a scarf, which was very popular in Europe at one point when I was there. So that was really nice to be able to do. Or even your shoes, your belt. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, even a, a like a little hat you buy while you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Those pops of colors are really going to look nice in pictures. Mm-hmm. And speaking of shoes, <laughs> while I have the problem of paring mine down, I know you, Dallas, always want to take just one pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and I cannot say how important it is to at least pack two pairs. You may get a weird sock wrinkle in your best, most trusted pair of shoes, and you might wind up with a random blister. Mm -hmm. Or you might get caught in a rainstorm, and if you're in a pair of fabric sneakers or something, they're just soaked through, and they will not dry by the next time you need to wear them. I did. I absolutely did. In Ireland, we got soaked to the bone, and my fabric shoes didn't dry out for two days. Right. You could break a heel on the cobblestone if you're bringing heels. Just And then you don't want to have to go into a store where you are and buy a new pair of shoes. No, because you definitely don't want to wear a brand new pair of shoes on your vacation. No, 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 no. Especially if you're walking. I mean, maybe flip-flops if you're Mm -hmm. on a beach somewhere. But no, if you plan on doing any amount, if you plan on doing any amount of walking, get some sturdy, trusty shoes. And be aware of where you're walking. Don't just pack flip-flops and high heels if you're going to be on cobblestone streets mm-hmm. in rainy London. Yeah. <laughs> Think ahead and, and pack smart because those cobblestones are slick and slippery when they get wet. And Absolutely. if you don't have a good sole on your shoe, 
it's just gonna, you're just asking for a twisted ankle or worse. Definitely. And I got to say, when we're trying to avoid complications, blisters in particular, moleskin. Yes. You need blister repair stuff, band-aids, moleskin, neosporin. Even with walked in shoes, you still might need it if you're going to go four parks in one day. I did that. Yay. Disney World. I think the word I am looking for here is dumb. You're going to bleep the part of it. (laughs) No, dude. 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. in my vans, which have no arch support, but I wear those all the time. But I have the no arch support and they are heavy and flat. But I was like, I wear, I've had these for years, the same ones. I've never even washed them. So they don't like shrink up or anything. These are made for my feet, but yeah, you do that much hours and that many miles of walking. (laughs) doesn't matter what you're wearing. You're going to have issues the next day. Absolutely. So definitely bring something to help with that and another pair of shoes. Yes. Now, when you have the other pair of shoes though, this is something that you have to be aware of keeping those shoes separate from your clothes because mm-hmm. you're walking all over all kinds of icky stuff yes. outside. And of course your feet stink and sweat. Of course, shoe bags, if you want to do that. But sometimes for me, they don't really close. So I actually, because my feet are small enough, I can actually put my shoes into a gallon size uh, Ziploc bag and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to keep them away. But you had a really great idea on how to fight the odor and um, to protect the shoe from getting on your clothes. Yeah, just take your dryer sheets or get some dryer sheets if you don't use them. You know, you can cut them in strips. You don't need that much. They are very strongly scented. <laughs> Piece in your shoe, each shoe. And then if you've got feet that are the size that don't fit into the gallon size bag. I'm a six and a half. I think you're a six and seven. Mm -hmm. I'm a six and a half. You're a seven. We can easily get our shoes in gallon size bags. But if you have larger feet or you're a man and you've got just, I don't know, size 14, whatever. Basketball player. (laughs) Yes. Get those little cheap shower caps that they have in hotel rooms. You can probably get a bunch on Amazon. Super inexpensive, I would think. And it just stretches around that way you keep your dirty sole off your shoe and, and then you keep the little fabric softener in there as well. And if you've got kids, you can just like put three or four pairs in there, the little toddler shoes. Exactly. It works. You have converted me. I am taking two pairs of shoes when I travel. It's amazing. Yeah. I had, I had four on my last trip and two of them were black, (laughs) which I did not need, but one of them was so comfy. I one of them was so comfy. They were these ugly, horrible sandals, but they were so comfy that I just wanted them for when I got back to the hotel mm-hmm. to relax my feet in. It's nothing wrong with that. No, because these are like clouds. Oh my gosh. They're so ugly, okay. but they're so comfy. I don't know if I should tell you that my second pair of shoes is actually my slippers. But anyway, we'll get yeah. back to that later. <laughs> Another thing that I think is worth packing is a portable carbon monoxide detector. And this is especially good if you're staying in an Airbnb or if you're traveling somewhere that the buildings are very old or it's gonna be cold weather and the heat is gonna be on and you're just not sure what kind of equipment they have. 
I've seen so much in the news lately. Obviously, it can happen anywhere in a giant Hilton, but it's more likely to happen in the smaller resorts, the older resorts, the colder resorts, Mm -hmm. or a house that does not have the proper emergency alerts. So if you can fit it in there, you can find small ones on Amazon. And I think that's just really going to give you a good peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Just watch out for ones that are run off of a battery, specifically a lithium battery, and that you're flying. Because if it does have a lithium battery, you're going to have to put it in your check on. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That's a thing with lithium batteries. Okay. Speaking of tech. And you love this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, in that we've, we've come across this a couple of times, you know, there is some pretty severe tech rage out there, but you know, tech does do some great things sometimes Mm -hmm. if you get in front of it. (laughs) So in this case, one of my recommendations is make sure to download your music, your movies, your TV shows before you go, because you never know when you're going to not have a signal. It doesn't work. Or, you know, you don't even have cellular to be able to get it. So download your stuff first, or again, especially if you don't want to pay for some of that Wi-Fi, if you can get away with it. Right. Oh, and games, right? Yes. Didn't you hit that recently? (laughs) Yes. I don't know why, but all my all my game apps. Maybe I hadn't used them in a while. I don't know how I I don't know how to work my cell phone. I'll just put <laughs> it out there. But all my games went to like the cloud or something, and I had to like re-download them. And I had no Wi-Fi, and the airport Wi-Fi was too slow. Oh, definitely can be too slow. Uh huh. When you're traveling as well, especially if you're traveling internationally, I love my cord bag. <laughs> this is my little slice of heaven. That thing has gone with me everywhere. And I can't tell you how often I have run into, you know, needing 14 different types of cords because, you know, this uses a USB-C and this is a USB-A and this is a lightning and all these different types of adapters and things as well. So I just put them all in a, in a cord bag. You can find those online as well um, and keep a couple of different types of adapters in there. Uh, as well. And I also got a small surge protected power strip that had mm-hmm. you uh, that had USB ports to it. And it had a little wraparound cord. So it was very teeny and it's very light. And I got to say that has come in handy many times, almost every single time, because you never have enough outlets around or right. they're too right. far away for your ports. Mm-hmm. So Longer cords, I usually keep at least two uh, 10-foot lightning cords because I'm on iPhone stuff. Right. I'm on Apple stuff uh, in my cord bag and then a couple of others just in case. Well, I know you mentioned the adapters and I know there's some other things that you need, but also double check anything that you're taking that's like an appliance, like a curling iron or a hairdryer, make sure it is dual voltage. So when you get there, even if you have the adapter, you don't blow up your, your product. (laughs) You don't blow up that, that hairdryer or that curling iron. Cause I've, I've heard horror stories. Yeah, definitely. So definitely make sure it's dual voltage and you Mm -hmm. can use it in the country that you're going to. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think now we're going to get to the traveling with any sort of 
uh, chronic disease and autoimmune. Right. It's become much more of a challenge when traveling with this type of situation. And I've had a couple of friends who have had chronic illnesses all their lives. And it does make traveling interesting, Mm -hmm. to say the least, with all of the different security rules and things of that nature. So I talked to a few people and I've had a few of my own encounters over the past couple of years, but we want you to be able to get out there and live and not be afraid of travel because yes, it can be a little scary, but if you prepare ahead of time, you should be able to get in front of any of the issues that you might have with traveling with your illness. So absolutely. One of the big ones that Of course, the doctor was the first one to tell me when I was getting ready to see Lori the first time um, and having some pretty serious issues. She was like, "Okay, if you have to get on the plane, (laughs) this is what I want you to do. (laughs) Compression socks. That's the simple one. I mean, I thought she was going to go off on some tangent, huge thing that I had to buy or do or whatever. And she's like, no, I want compression socks and I want you to get up and move. You know, and I was like, um, it's a kind of a short flight to Denver. She's like, not the issue here. It's the second that you start changing altitudes and things like that and pressure levels. You have to get up, move, here are some stretches. And she had downloaded like a printout for me of things that you can do in your chair and stuff. So very helpful compression socks. And they're not just for quote unquote old people or elderly people. Mm -hmm. They're saying, you know, almost anyone should wear them. I probably can't find kid sizes. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I have a pair and they're fun. They're pineapples and they're cute <laughs> and I get them on and I'm just whatever. Right. They're, they're an easy fix to possible swelling and water retention and mm-hmm. later on pain. Yeah. And yes, absolutely. Get up and walk, walk the aisles. If you're driving, you can still wear compression socks. If you're going maybe Mm -hmm. from flat up to the mountains and get out and walk, get out, Mm -hmm. take a stroll, go to the bathroom, even if you don't have to. Yeah. And that's an important point about driving for long distances as well is to compression socks are a big component of that Uh, and getting out and moving. So even if you're driving every couple hours, you do want to get out and get up. Now I know they're also a pain to put on. (laughs) So we'll put up a video on Instagram live. We'll do an Instagram live to show you some of those tricks on how to get them on. Yeah. Easily. Now, the other thing that she recommended was to, and these are small things that can go with you to bring a heart rate monitor and O2 monitor. Those are the same thing. They just go on your finger. You've done it at the doctor's office. I think so. Yeah. About this big. Yeah. (laughs) And a blood pressure monitor. So, and that's really dependent on what type of illness that you have. Right. But um, again, since you're dealing with differentiations in pressure, blood pressure can be affected in that. And especially with dehydration, that is one of the things about flying and driving as well. It's good to have that on hand. Yep. And then the better thing about that is to know ahead of time, take a couple of different readings with those new tools before your trip so that you know what your normal settings are. Mm -hmm. And then ask your doctor for the, when should I be worried? 
what right. what will these readings get up to where I should be concerned or go to the ER or something like that? And mm-hmm. how long are they going to last? Okay, let's get into some medications and what you need to do with those. First of all, bring extra. If you are going on a seven-day trip, do not just bring your seven days of medications. <laughs> bring at least, I'd say three to five extra days minimum if you can, because sometimes there'll be delays. You talked about the got Iceland stuck in the snow uh, volcano. Oh, right. Yeah. That was a good one. Getting, getting stuck because of blizzards or something. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want it's, I mean, you can in certain cases get medicine from a pharmacy, but then you're like rushing to a pharmacy. Right. And they may not have it. Or if you're in Hawaii, they may not fill it for you. So just bring some extra to kind of buffer any possibilities. And I know everyone loves those pill cases. They're so popular. And they're like, I've never had a problem. I've gone through this security and that security and, and whatnot. But do you want to be that one in a million person who gets snagged on prescription medicines? I personally don't. I keep them in my small little pill bottles mm-hmm. from the drugstore. I keep the original labels on them. Mm-hmm. And then I even go to my doctor and ask her if I can have a printout right. for them. Because you don't know the laws of another country. For example, there are some islands down in the Caribbean, not the um, American territories, but like you cannot take like a plain CBD oil. Mm-hmm. And one would think, well, you don't need, even need a prescription for that in some states. Right. So kind of check the rules, check where you're going and just leave everything in its original container. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do like the pill cases, one suggestion is to take a picture of your medications and your prescription labels. That way, at least you have them as well. So if you do like the pill cases, take a picture or get your list from your doctor and that way you have everything together. That's Lori's way is better. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, sometimes, I mean, if you have something like you're on a, like you're recovering from knee surgery and you're actually on a pain medicine that is a controlled substance, yep. you do not want to be dealing with telling them why that's in a, a little blue Walgreens mm-hmm. container that's not labeled. <laughs> right. You know, you want that phone number there so they can call mm-hmm. the doctor. You want, mm-hmm. uh, look, I've been on this for already two weeks. I got another two weeks on it. Mm-hmm. Just be aware that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do get stuck, this is one of those things to prepare ahead of time. Yes. Know your area you're going to. Look for your pharmacies. It's so much easier now that we've got the web. Wow. I feel old now that I'm saying now with the web. <laughs> But there was a day where we didn't have that type of stuff, but find out where the pharmacies are, where the ERs are nearby. And you might need to check if they're in network because there are some in Texas that are third party owned. So they're not actually affiliated with the hospital. Yeah. And in those types of cases, there may be some quirks within your insurance that might rule them out for you I using think- them. I think the best and easiest is to just try to find a walk-in clinic or the pharmacies that do have the little clinics attached to them because mm-hmm. they'll have a nurse practitioner there. They can look at you, say, yep, yeah, you need something. And this is it. Even if you get sick on the trip, 
-hmm. you know, say you get a, an infection, you just go in, the nurse looks at you and they can fill your prescription right there. Now that's what the U S yes. If you're traveling overseas, one of the things to know, and one of the things to call about ahead of time is does your hotel have a doctor either on staff or on call? Some of the hotels in Tokyo and Japan, they have them as part of the hotel. They have a whole clinic mm-hmm. at one of the hotels I'd stayed at, uh, just in case. And then it's good to know because I got stuck in Germany once and I we called down to the hotel desk and they were able to bring in a doctor to the hotel. Cool. And then to go pick up the prescriptions, you know, they told us kind of where to go and everything. So yep. ask your hotel as well. They might have that information readily available for you. Absolutely. And insurance, we'll talk about them again. Travel health insurance if you're going overseas, because your health insurance may not actually cover any of those costs overseas. Now, Lori did find out something interesting that she had to look up recently about travel insurance. Yes. So we were trying to plan a cruise with my dad and he has several pre-existing conditions and the cruise line we were going on, their insurance available did not cover his pre-existing conditions. And they had to start looking into other insurances that weren't provided by the cruise line. Yeah. Because, you know, he's got condition A, condition B, condition C. So definitely check into that. Right. Look for those pre-existing condition clauses because a lot of the things that we deal with on chronic disease fall into those very bad clauses. Yes. And just check out, check out the travel insurance. It could be if you're going on like a three week trip and it's like a couple hundred dollars and you do have health issues, it's definitely worth it. Yes. Protect yourself, protect your money. Peace of mind. As we said, we want you to have a carefree vacation. Absolutely. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Last thing to plan before you go is get an appointment with your doctor for when you get back. Because most doctors now, they've got a waiting period of two months or more sometimes. And you don't want to get stuck paying extra money for an urgent care center and ER. You can just book an appointment with your doctor for when you get back from your trip. And then if something happens, your appointment's right there. You're ready to go. And if not, you can cancel. I've never actually thought of that. I always make an appointment before I go. To make sure that I do have enough prescriptions and (laughs) everything's looking good and Mm -hmm. nothing's popped up, but I've never, I've never made one on the way back. Yep. Because I have had more than a few times at this point where I've had an issue on the trip or an issue when I'm coming back from the trip. And again, if I hadn't booked an appointment with my doctor, I would have had to have gone to an ER. Mm. And unfortunately, huge cost associated with that. Right. Now, after you've done all of your planning, and that wasn't a ton of things to do to get ready for your trip, check your medications, have extra, book your appointments with your doctors, make sure that everything is in in order. But once you're on your trip, the first day after you reach your destination, yes, first thing to do is plan to rest. Yes. You're going to have to give your body some time to recover. Especially if you've changed time zones. Yes. I typically shoot for not pushing my body for at least 12 hours after Mm -hmm. I'm there. If you book your flight appropriately, you're four hours before you go to sleep at night. There you go. You've got your 12 hours and you're not taking it away from your vacation. Right. But again, it varies for everybody as to how much 
your body needs, but definitely let your body recover. Rest for a while before you start on all of your adventures. That's a good idea. I think one last thing, and this applies to us because we do follow certain, I don't want to say diet in the form of a diet, like we're losing weight, but the way we eat, Mm -hmm. I try to avoid white sugar Mm -hmm. and a lot of places that's all they have. I am so spoiled where I live. I can get oat milk, almond milk, soy milk. I can get all the different milks. I can get all the different sugars. Mm -hmm. I can get all the agave, honey. I can get anything to substitute in all of my drinks. But going on a trip to somewhere where they don't have quite that broad spectrum Mm -hmm. of availability, I have found coconut sugar, which does not cause me any inflammation, whereas regular sugar does for me personally. I have found coconut sugar in little packets, just like the ones they have on the restaurant tables. Mm -hmm. And I pack those with me. I'm not bringing like a suspicious bag of white powder. (laughs) I'm bringing an actual packet of brown sugar looking powder because it's Mm -hmm. brown. (laughs) And that really helps me, especially, I mean, I know things are going to have sugar in them, but for my coffee or tea in the morning or whatever I'm drinking, Mm -hmm. it's just like a little way to kind of stay in my routine and not jar my body so much. Right. And I know you also carry a few things. I do because gluten-free. Bummer. (laughs) So I try to bring some gluten-free snacks and things with me, not only for the plane ride, but for the actual location, because it is difficult to find gluten-free in a lot of areas. Yes. So- You just kind of have to, again, look at the restaurants in the area ahead of time, look at your hotel menu, if there is a a restaurant in your hotel, and see kind of what gluten-free options they have available. And then, again, just take some extras because that way you're prepared. Right, right. Oh, and little factoid, I found out Mm -hmm. if if you just happen to be in Italy, (laughs) there is actually like a national app. And I don't know the name of it. I'll try to find it and put it somewhere on Instagram or on our page. Or if I can't find it, if you just Google it, there is an app in Italy that will tell you where to find gluten-free foods for all the restaurants in almost the whole country for just your area. Fantastic. I mean, because Italy, I know there are some celiac patients out there who would be very tentative of going to the land of pasta. Yes. (laughs) Although you know they might not be able to eat anything. If, if you don't have celiac and you have just a small intolerance, I always say try it because let me tell you, the way they make things over there is totally different. Like Very. people say, I can't have cow's milk. I can't do this. I can't have that. That they get over there, they have their coffee drinks and they're like, oh, wow, I was fine. Mm-hmm. So I don't want oh, you to I make yourself sick. I can eat bread si- in France. Right. I don't want France. you to make yourself sick. But you know, if you, if you have the inclination, just try a bit of the food there Mm -hmm. and then just see if it's going to be okay for you. Right. Well, that was a lot. (laughs) Which is good because again, we just want everybody to be able to get out there to not be afraid. If you have, or are dealing with an illness of some kind to feel more comfortable and to have a nice carefree travel or vacation, even if it's within your own state or your own city, you're trying something new. There's mm-hmm. still a couple of suggestions here that can help you have a great time and make it easy. 
Absolutely. I stressed so much about the trip. So yeah. much, like three, four months, I was trying to plan outfits and deciding <laughs> what I could take and trying to find miniature travel size things of everything. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? At the end of the day, because everything came together and it was okay. Right. Because I went through my little list of what I should do, what I need to do, what I need to get checked off, you know, doctor's appointment, make sure I had mm-hmm. enough medicines, decanting all my larger liquids into smaller things. And it was fine. Mm-hmm. Paris and Belgium and the Netherlands. It's not like I went to like the middle of a third world country where there were no stores. Sometimes I forget that. I'm like, I have to pack all this because I need it. And and I just have to remind myself, dude, if you forget something aside from those essentials, like we said, glasses, prescriptions, driver's license, phone, whatever, mm-hmm. aside from those five things that you should just have in your purse, you can replace anything. Yeah. And just remind yourself of that and it'll help bring you down off that ledge, that packing ledge. Very true. Well, we want to hear from you. What is your favorite vacation spot or memory? Oh, I want to hear these. I can't wait. Exactly. We're really looking forward to it. And I know that your fellow people on Instagram would love to hear those as well. It's nice to be able to reminisce and even talk about it. Maybe you have some shared experiences with other people, Lori and I, Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, you've gone somewhere that someone else is going to be going and you can give mm-hmm. them tips and pointers yourself. Exactly. So thanks for joining us on this week's Adventure Into Travel. Now that we've discussed our ideas, are there any recommendations about today's topic that you'd like to share? Drop us a comment on Instagram or become a Patreon member for special perks and bonus content. For a complete list of products, services, or other content mentioned in today's podcast, visit the links page on our website. Summertime is here and we're taking our vacation. We'll be back June 28th with more helpful ways to live life to the fullest. Bye. I'm Dallas. And I'm Lori. For Two Redheads Walk Into a Podcast. The Two Redheads Podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. As with all our platforms and content, this podcast represents our own current personal views. These opinions do not represent those of any people, institutions, or organizations that we may discuss, mention, or recommend to our audience. At various times, we may provide reviews of products, services, or other resources. Any such reviews will represent the good faith opinions of the authors. You should conduct your own due diligence and should not rely solely upon any reviews provided by the authors. The products and services reviewed may be provided to the company for free or at a reduced price to incentivize a review. For more information about the disclosure of incentives received in exchange for providing reviews of these products, please contact support at tworedheadswalkintoapodcast.com. We are not licensed healthcare professionals and our personal experiences addressed are what works for our bodies. None of what we say should be taken as medical advice. Please refer to your own physician for any medical needs and concerns.